Hello, I'm Eric, and this is another episode of The Craziness That Lives Inside My Head. Now, the craziness um, I'm going to talk about today was very interesting. Um, it's at the end of Gay Pride Month, and I was thinking about the different gay black bars or the black gay bars that were existing in the 1970s. Now, I've been talking about the sex gay bars, but I don't know of any or knew of any black sex gay bars. I know. Black men were hanging out in the parks for sex. And if they really want sex, they probably would go to a regular sex bar in the village. I don't know any sex bars in Brooklyn or Queens. At the time, in the 70s, I was living in Brooklyn. So I did go to, I heard about it, and I did go to this black bar, black gay bar, called Backstreet. Now, Backstreet was on Bergen Street, and it was right across, it was Bergen and Nostrand, and it was right across from the Starlight Lounge. I went to the Starlight Lounge first. I remember going to Starlight Lounge first. I went there, and that, they said it was listed as a black gay bar. It was a lot of blacks in there, but you had women in there too. And I think it really didn't get uh, very gayish until after a certain time you know straight people they got to be home at midnight you know black people black uh, gay people we we stay out to the middle end to four o'clock in the morning and i remember being in that bar and that's what i noticed i could be wrong but that's what i noticed i'm drinking anyway so who knows what i noticed but i was told i think at that time by somebody in that bar to go about this the bar across the street called back street and that's where the Gay black men were. So I went over there. And um, interesting enough, I met my first pickup at a black gay bar. He was sitting at the bar. He was wearing these, uh, how you say, these, this suit. It looked like he was wearing a suit. It was... Too big for him. I don't know how big he was. But his suit was too big. It was just dragging on him. And he approached me, of course. I was young. He was older than me. Buy him a drink. Okay, so I bought him a drink. And then I bought him was this drink and two, you know, two drinks, three drinks, whatever. And then he said, you know, we had a conversation, whatever. You know, he was from Trinidad. I found that he was from Trinidad. His name was Roy. He was living in... Um, the high rise, the high rise he was living in used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers Stadium. Of course, when the Brooklyn Dodgers went to went to L.A., whatever, they tore the stadium down and they built this high rise. I think it's co-op in Brooklyn. So we hopped in a cab. Of course, I had to pay. We hopped in a cab and we went to his apartment. When I got up there, I found out it wasn't his apartment. He had a lover. He had a black lover. And uh, his lover was on vacation. And his lover had actually kicked him out. 
Because by the time his lover came back from vacation, he was supposed to have found a place to stay. And this is where I came in. He had me come into the, uh, you know, into the picture. Because him and I was going to be boyfriends, you know. I was going to help him out by getting a room in the hotel in Brooklyn Heights. For the, I forgot the name of the hotel. But in Brooklyn Heights, they had the hotel. I was going to get him a room. And that's where we were going to have our love nest. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, when we had this apartment that he's being kicked out. And I was in the bedroom. He told me to undress in the bedroom. And he went, I think it was a two-bedroom apartment. And he went to the next room. Now, mind you, I told you. Um, he wasn't very good looking. I mean, he, was, he wasn't. I don't know what his body looked like at the time at the bar. Because he wore these baggy clothes. And... He was very dark skinned. And I'm saying that for, I usually don't like to talk about the different color complexion of black people, but I'm going to tell you, he was pretty, he was pretty dark. And I'm saying this for a reason. He was pretty dark. Very dark. He was Trinidad from Trinidad and he was very dark. So he came out wherever he changed his clothes at, naked, and I was completely shocked. The boy had a body. I mean, a real athletic body and muscles. And it wasn't man-made muscles. There was like, you know, natural muscle, muscular. With all, all that black, uh, what you call it? Now, here is the really shocking part. That I, never, I don't think I have seen it, maybe in pictures, haven't seen it since. He was covered with hair. He was a dark-skinned black man covered in hair. And I'm not just saying they had the kinky, the kinky black hair. It was... To me, it was looked like white people hair. It was long, and he was covered in it. Covered. I don't want to talk about the other part of the body. You know, that was fantastic, which I was shocked at that also. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, why are you getting kicked out? Why is this man kicking you out? I mean, uh, I could. I mean, why would anybody kick you out? I mean, you you're gorgeous. I mean, well, like I say, it wasn't great looking, but body wise, it was gorgeous. So to make a long story short, I knew why he was getting kicked out. He was an illegal alien, and he had no job. And he was getting kicked out. The guy he, he was his lover at the time was kicking him out was a school teacher. So I'm only telling that story because that was my very first pickup of a black man and a black gay bar. Like I said, this these I was going to talk about sex bars, but I don't know of any black gay sex bars. I don't even know if they exist back then. I'm not sure. Most of the bars I know that were black were, you know, it was a regular black conversation bars. Um, it was a, I call them drinking bars and pickup bars. That's what they were. Now the other the Starlight, the one across the street, I didn't. But I went in there one or twice, but most of most of the action was going on in Backstreet, and I haven't. Well, I think I got picked up one more time. In fact, now that I'm thinking about it, I might have got picked up at Starlight. I do remember. I have a vague. No, I'm 70 years old, guys. I do remember that um, the guy who picked me up there lived down the block on Bergen Street. I do remember being in his. I think he had a room, and we. I know the window was open. And I saw the people. This is after, this is, this is the night after, <laughs> the morning, I should say the morning after. And I do remember people going to work 
Because we was only like the third floor. It's, it's brownstones, and I do remember that. I've always had that memory in my brain. I don't know why. I always have it. But otherwise, the next gay black bar, I hung out a lot. Even when I was in Brooklyn, I went. It was in. It was on Seventy Second Street, and it was called Nickel Bar. I heard about that through the grapevine, also. And I probably read about it because they had uh, they had gay magazines and always have listings of bars. When you're gay, that's what you did. They didn't have clubs, pretty much clubs back then. They had bars. You black, you gay, you you, you want to be around. You, you go to a bar. So I went to um. Uh, Nickel Bar was my pretty much my my hangout, and um, it's on Seventy Second Street. So you hop on the train. Luckily for me, I was by the IRT train. I lived by the IRT train, so I hop on the IRT train that takes that's lucky for me that stopped at Seventy Second Street. That's where the bar was, and I went there, and I liked it. It was a lot of dancing. It wasn't like okay, let's put it this way. Backstreet and Starlight had music. They and I think Backstreet. No, 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 but Backstreet. I think Starlight might have had a DJ. I don't think they did dancing. There was no room for dancing. It was just it was a bar. But but um, Nickel Bar had a dance floor, and I liked it. When I get high, when I was drinking, I get high. I love to dance. Fat as I was, people used to say, "What well, you're so fat, but you're so so light on your feet." Well, I, I, the music turned me on. You got alcohol in your veins, maybe some mescaline, and you and I want to twirl around the floor. And the thing that really upsets me about Nickel Bar, I think I got picked up maybe three times. I wasn't getting picked up. Don't forget, I was close to four hundred pounds. And in the gay in the gay world back then, slim was in. Someone said slim is in, but fat's the way it's at. But not in not in the gay life. Most of the times you got, I mean, it was when eighties came. They started having specialty bars for for big men, bear, and all like that. But back in the seventies, most of these bars was unisex, you know, universal. I mean, so if you were fat or what they call, definitely I was obese. You didn't do very well in the sex department or pick, getting picked up. But I'm going to tell you something. It was. I did get picked up three three times there, but it was Nickel Bar at the time I was, well, at the time I was living in Brooklyn when I first started go, work, um, going there. It's a long story. I have a long story life. I, I went up, I left New York, came back to New York and lived with my dad in Spanish Harlem, which Nickel Bar was closer, got to be closer then. So I went there and um, I remember one night I'm in Nickel Bar. Three o'clock in the morning. They're close at four. It's three o'clock in the morning. I do have to go to work. Well, then I didn't have to be. I didn't have to be at work till like what one o'clock in the afternoon. But anyway, I'm sitting at the bar, and I'm all depressed. And I'm saying, "Where's my husband?" And I remember I'm looking in the mirror. You know, you sit at the bar and have the mirrors. You know, in front of you, you got the the mirror, the bartender, and you and the bar. And I'm looking there in the mirror, and I saw myself in the mirror, and then I said to myself in the mirror, I looked in the mirror, and I said, you know, my husband should not be in a bar at 3 o'clock in the morning. My husband should be in bed with me. I thought about that, and I said, no more of this crap. And I just held a cab and went home. And it kind of changed my mindset. 
Because one of the reasons why I think I drank and ate back in those days, I was looking for love. And if I found a man who loved me, he wouldn't, that man would not be in the barn. I shouldn't even be in the barn. That man should be at home with his, with his lover or husband, whatever you want to call it, spouse. But there was other bars. I mean, I wrote a book. In the book, I talked about Peter Rabbit. Now, Peter Rabbit was in the village. That was definitely a, a well, I consider it a disco bar. I didn't even think they called it a disco bar. They had danced, they definitely had a dance floor. I didn't get picked up there either, by the way. Um, in the book I wrote, the guy who I met there, he picked me up in a park, but he was hanging out there. That was Raymond. Raymond was all over the place. But Raymond and I met in the park. We didn't meet in Peter Rabbit's. Actually, me, Raymond and I, every time I met Raymond in one of those black gay bars, he always, he's always in, I think he's in all of them that I can think of. I don't, remember, I don't know about the ones in Brooklyn, but I know the ones in Manhattan. Because the, the other, um, no, I didn't see him in the Big Apple. Let's talk about the Big Apple. The Big Apple was on 135th Street and 7th Avenue, right across from Small's Paradise. Now we're talking about late 60s, early 70s. Actually, the Big Apple was the, well, Bonsoir was the first bar, I, gay bar I've been to. But I was only there, I think I did it in the podcast. I was only there with a friend who wanted to see uh, Barbara Streisand because, you know, well, that was one time I'd never been back. But the Big Apple, actually, I want to say was, well, technically with the second gay bar I've been to. Big Apple's a black gay bar. I don't know if it was gay during the week in the daytime. But I know it was gay on weekends and at night. And when I was hanging out with my, um, at that time, best friend, Morris, when I was hanging out with him, he used to say, you don't want to go in there. Only faggots go in there. That's all I was about, faggots, you know. We was hanging in Smalls Paradise. He was into live music and jazz. And that was the Smalls Paradise was. It was a black bar. It's black, I guess a black jay, uh, jazz bar. Right there on 135th Street and um, 7th Avenue. That's where we hung out. That was our, our hangout. And I've, I guess I was curious. I wanted to know what black gay men do. So I think he had to go to the bathroom. So I said, oh, I'll be right back. I'm going to the bathroom. What I did was I snuck out and went into the Big Apple. That was the first black gay bar I've been to. I keep saying, and yes, it was the first black gay bar I've been to. Bonesoir was the first gay bar. That was the first black gay bar I've been to. Okay. And believe it or not, I got picked up. Not that night, but um, Morris was more on the straight side of, of things, so I would never tell Morris if I'm going to hang out at the Big Apple. I mean, he hanged out the smallest paradise, so I had to be careful. I don't want him catching me sneaking down the, the big app when he's at Smalls Paradise. So anyway, I did get picked up there. And that pickup was interesting because my relationship with men was quite weird. I'm going to say weird. They call it they call the situation, now they call these guys down low. But a lot of times I think the guys I was hanging with 
was straight. They call themselves straight. Don't forget in the 70s, things were a little weird anyway. If, especially in the black community, if you don't suck dick and you don't get fucked up the ass, then you're straight. If you just lay there and let a guy do you, that doesn't make you gay. As long as you don't do the act, if you just let them do the act on you, you're straight. So I was basically, when I was fooling around gaily, most of the men, I'm going to say at that time, majority of the men were straight. I met them in straight bars. I didn't meet them in gay bars. But that's not what I wanted. I told you, I drank and and ate because I wanted love and affection. So there it was. I met CJ in the Big Apple Bar, the first black gay bar I went to. And CJ was in a relationship with a guy, of course. He was divorced. He was married. He was a school teacher. No, he wasn't a school teacher. He was a, a guidance counselor in a high school in Queens. He worked in Queens, but he hung out. It's interesting. He worked in Queens and he hung out in Harlem. So he was the first. I'm going to say he was the first. My first black gay experience even though my best friend we did do how you say we did do the dirty do but it wasn't the same it wasn't he was the first guy I actually kissed and I met him in a gay bar and we had an affair illicit affair because he was in a relationship with a guy we had an illicit affair I would meet him down on 42nd street and he would take me to one of those Hotels on 42nd Street. And we do it in the hotel. And then I get on train to go home. He gets in his car. He had his car parked um, uptown and go home. That was interesting. I was in an affair with a guy. Never had an affair before. But um, CJ actually was the first guy I totally had sex with. I mean, kissing and hugging and and everything. So it was a different experience. It was a different experience than having sex with these so-called straight men. Very different experience. But getting back to the bars, like I said, um, you had Andres. Andres was up there on um, 125th Street, with 125th Street and 8th Avenue. That was another bar I hung out a lot. Yes, well, Andres, I got picked up. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I got picked up like three or four times. And every time I got picked up at Andre's, it was a hustler. Hustle boys hung out at Andre's. Andre's had a lot of, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to say it appropriately, trans men. Or trans, you know, trans women was a lot, was hanging out in Andre's. You know, some people get mad at me now if I say drag queens. But I'm just going to say, Andre's had a lot of that. And you had a lot of hustle boys. A lot of hustle boys. The other one, the other bar, down on 42nd Street, it was on 44th Street. I think it was on 43rd Street. I think it was on 43rd and 8th Avenue was Blues, which was another, in my opinion, trans uh, women bar. And you had a lot of hustle there. I met a one guy there from Cuba. This is when, goodness, this is how old I am. I don't know if people realize, I forgot who was president. When there, when there were boats coming from Cuba Sneaking over to the United States in Miami, and they 
said it was okay for them to come or something. They gave an amity or whatever you call that. Well, a- anyway, one of the, one of those Cuban men picked me up, and I was living back in I was living back in Brooklyn, and um, yeah, he was a hustler. They all hustle. Don't ask me how he stole my money. I don't know. I don't know how he stole it. He stole the whole damn. Uh, I had my money in a strong box. I don't know how the hell he got out of the house. But anyway, when you deal with hustlers, they'll find a way. But then again, I was drinking a lot back then, and and I found when I when I stopped drinking, a lot of that stopped happening because I would bring strange men home and fall asleep. So you know, when you wake up, your money is gone, and they're gone, with the door open. The other bars I was uh, in the village. Because Peter Rabbit was in the village. And he had another bar called Keller's. And I remember hanging in Keller's. But to me, Keller's had a different different type of men. Gay men. I, I hate to say this. I, maybe. I, it's just me, maybe. But I thought Keller's had too many bourgeoisie black men. They were bourgeois. And you mentioned Peter Rabbit. It'll give you a look like, I don't go to Peter Rabbit. No. I work I'm a I'm a supervisor. I'm this very bougie. That's my well, that was my impression. I could be wrong, but that was my impression in Keller's. Oh, I, another bar. I'm, I'm going right back uptown, 96 West. 96 West is very interesting. That wasn't far from my sister's house. She lived in Harlem. She wasn't far from her house. So I always had a uh, I always had a place I can um, how you said slum in. If I can't can't get to the train and go home, I can go to her house because she lives up, you know, not far from there. But 96 West, I did get picked up in 96 West. And um, I remember, I don't know what kind of pickup it was because I think it was an orgy. I'm not sure. But I know it was like six of us in this apartment having sex. And the guy I was having sex with, I, I fell asleep. I was drunk. And I remember getting waking up by two, two, two guys and telling me I had to get out because I was snoring and, and destroying the party. I remember that. That was 96 West. Up there on 96th Street and that far from what, Broadway, 96 in Amsterdam, I think it was. Well, I'm trying to, I'm looking at my list here of all these black gay bars. I didn't, I didn't hang out. The, the most black gay bar I hung out was Nickel Bar. Um, all the others, I, I once in a while I'll go in. Big Apple was wasn't. You never knew when Big Apple. For me, you never knew when Big Apple was gonna be a good a good bar to go to. I mean, like I said, in the daytime, because I did go there in the, in the daytime during the week. It's more it's more straight. Black guys didn't go there too at night, and then even even on a weeknight it wasn't all that. But Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night, we definitely Big Apple was definitely a lot of. Uh, Black gay men. So, that was my experience. Again, I'm going to reiterate that I don't know or knew of any black gay sex bars. I will say this. I did have a friend when AIDS came out, HIV came out. And that's when all these bars were just disappearing. It was shutting a lot of them down. Because gay people was... was, um, Causing the infection. He started a black gay sex club. I never been to it. Um, he had it in his house, and once a night or once a day, they'll have black, you know, sex in his apartment. Whatever. This is Eric.
And thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head. Oh.